Thank you for listening to The New Norm. I'm Frank Caramano. So uh, let's preview the Rams game. That's what I'm going to do today. We're, we're past Washington. I've ranted. I had a rant twice this week on what I saw there because even here five days after the fact, it was one of the most unacceptable losses I could ever recall. Didn't have to happen. Shouldn't have happened. Better team did not win. Smarter team won. Better coach team won. Uh, team that made far fewer mistakes. Team that did not put their, you know, quarterback, or I'm sorry, their quarterback didn't put their team at, you know, in horrific situations. That's all that happened there. The Eagles beat themselves. It's clear as day to anybody who watched that game. But doesn't matter. You are what you are. You're all in one. So what's going on here? How do the Eagles beat the Rams? Now, We've had success with against the Rams under Doug Peterson. Yeah, that's that's evident here. They're two and zero. Both have been in L.A. This one's in Philadelphia. So what's different? What's changing now? Let's just start with the the, the biggest question: Is who's going to block Aaron Donald? And I know I've had to hear this week that you know, hey, the Eagles have had some success against Aaron Donald, and I'm like, yeah, they may have had success, but Brandon Brooks was playing right guard in both those games. Lane Johnson was at right tackle. Um, I know the first year we played them, it was Halpoi Vitae and Steven Wisniewski at left guard with Jason Kelsey. Uh, the second time it was Jason Peters and Isaac Siamala, which we'll have here on Sunday. But Lane Johnson's back that he is playing. He's confirmed that that will be a massive upgrade, obviously. Now the question is who plays right guard? Is it Jamon Brown, the guy they brought in from Chicago this week? I, I mean, here's the thing. They they activate Sue Opeta to the active roster, right? And when they did that, you instantly had to think in your head, is Sue Opeta going to be somebody who plays? Because why did they bring him up? Or is there you know an injury that they're thinking maybe Lane's going to miss some time? Who knows? But then they claim Brown from the the Bears off their practice squad to the active roster. So now you add two linemen this week. That's that's a big deal. It tells me that they were very unhappy with what they got from Nate Herbig at right guard. I know Nate Herbig is the quote-unquote starter right now, but clearly Matt Pryor has fallen well out of favor. He didn't even see the field in a game where, you know, we had uh, a rookie left tackle or a rookie right tackle play, and then he was injured, and Jordan Mailata went in, and you know, never Nate Herbig never came out, and clearly they were probably looking to take him out because they weren't happy. But that's going to be a big, big deal here. I personally, what I would do is I would like it if the Eagles brought in Jack Driscoll to play right guard. I think if you had Jack Driscoll playing the right guard position, that would be the best five linemen. But I will also say this. By doing that, here's the thing. You're also under the impression you're not sure if Lane Johnson's going to be able to hold up. So the thing is, if he's not able to hold up, then you have Driscoll in at right guard. And if he gets hurt, now you have my lights. I don't know, though. You know what? I look at it like this. We're playing one of the best defensive players in the league right now, guy who's absolutely incredibly on fire. Why even chance it? Put your best five guys out there. We need to win now. 
this season can get away from the Eagles very fast. So if you asked me, my starting lineup would be I would have Driscoll at right guard, I'd have Peters left tackle, Siamala left guard, Kelsey at center, and obviously Lane at right tackle. Now, let's look at it from this perspective. What do the Rams do a lot that gives the Eagles defense problems? So let's look at it from their offensive perspective because, truthfully, the way the Eagles are going to beat the Rams is you got to just stop Aaron Donald. If you take Aaron Donald out of the game, this is offense versus their defense. If you can neutralize Aaron Donald, you have a very good shot at being able to control the game. We've seen it. You've seen it. There's not much more to see there. Their secondary is, you know, they have Jalen Ramsey. Yes, Jalen Ramsey is an elite player. We know that. But Nicole Roby Coleman was a big part of their defense. He's on the Eagles now. Their secondary is gettable. They have one absolute stud, and then the rest of it's uh, gettable. If you can neutralize Aaron Donald, you can do a lot of things. But the thing is, he is just that damn good. He's a complete disruptor. Now on offense, because this is going to be the big deal, is if the Eagles can stop the Rams' offense. And I know we've had success against them in the past, but here's something I saw them do a lot against Dallas on Sunday night. It was their play-action rollout. And let me tell you this. If there's one thing the Eagles' defense has done under Jim Schwartz, it's absolutely butcher stopping play-action rollout passes. Jared Goff is not going to run for 100 yards. He's not that. But... What they do is they do these naked bootlegs a lot, and guess what? We have a history of our defensive ends, because guess who's playing, guys? It looks like Derek Barnett's playing, and him and Brandon Graham, and if Brandon Graham does play, if he clears protocol, which he was limited in practice today, so my guess is he is going to be available, um, because he was in the concussion protocol, these two guys love to collapse on running backs. And it's clearly coached because it looks like the most undisciplined football you've ever seen, so at this point it just tells me they must be coached to do it. Another thing it's going to be is Malcolm Brown. Looks like, you know, everybody thought Cam Akers would be the guy there, and I think he is. Um, Malcolm Brown was just not maybe a hot hand on Sunday. I think Malcolm Brown's going to serve as a big part of what they do there with their running game. It looks like it's going to be just those two guys. But Malcolm Brown, you know, he had 79 yards rushing, two touchdowns. Cam Akers had 40 yards rushing. Looks like Akers is a little bit more um, adept to hopefully, they think, catching the ball, even though Brown had more receptions. Um the big guy for them was Robert Woods. He exploded in the first half there. He had six catches, 105 yards, all in the first half. You know, Cooper Cup, they, the, the Cowboys kept him under, uh, they, they kept him under well under projections. He had four catches, only 40 yards. Another guy they got is their tight end, Higby. Higby exploded the last couple months of the year, or last couple games of the year last year. So that's going to be a problem for the Eagles linebackers. Like this week, they didn't really get as tested as you thought because, again, Logan Thomas was the line or the tight end for, for Washington. Now you got Tyler Higby. Higby's a player. Will the linebackers step up? What do the Eagles do on offense to attack the Rams' defense, though? So we know what they present on defense. So what do we present on offense to attack them? Well, number one, it's pretty simple. Uh... Miles Sanders being back is a big freaking deal. And the reason I say that, it's because Boston Scott, when you watch the All-22, Boston Scott was bad on Sunday. He was bad. He was very bad. Blitz pickup was horrific. It, it, even Clement, when he went in there, it just looked like they were never 
uh, on the same page as the offense line. It was like if, if Clement was going left or Scott was going left to pick up a blitzer, Kelsey was going left or the, the guard was going left. They were never on the same page, which left a lot of shots to Carson Wentz. And we could sit here all day and debate if that affected the way he was playing because I look at it like this. That first half was going smooth, and he threw one of the worst interceptions I've ever seen him throw in his career. And that changed the game. Like I said, it instilled hope. My guess would be that the Eagles in this game are going to try to roll the pocket. Now, Peterson was asked about that, and he said, well, the game situation, the, the game kind of got away from them, and, and they didn't have success when they did it. They, they did one naked bootleg where they semi-blocked the defensive end. So, I mean, the, the whole point of a naked bootleg is to try to get the defensive end to collapse on the running back. So he goes unblocked. They didn't do that, and when they blocked him, they actually helped him by slowing him down a little bit, and the defensive end was able, and that was Sweat, was able to read Wentz's naked bootleg and make a good play on him. You can't go 50-50 on it. Naked bootlegs generally are. It's risk-reward. You know, if, if the end guess is right, I mean, there's the thing, too. The reason they work so well is because if the end is unblocked, so if they do, if it is a handoff, the, the play can be stuffed for a loss because the end's going to get a clean shot generally at the running back. That's why they collapse so hard. But if he goes for the quarterback, it could be a sack. I mean, if the quarterback does decide to keep the ball. We're going to roll the pocket, though. I know for a fact they're going to roll the pocket because you saw this week it didn't help when you know you got an awesome defensive line against our defensive line or our offensive line. Not rolling the pocket didn't work. That would be my guess. We'll roll the pocket. Miles is back. Miles was really good last season in blitz pickup. I would assume nothing's changed. In fact, if anything, I'll bet he's even better, which is a great sign. It just helps. I mean, having talent back on the offense. Lane Johnson is a big deal. Miles Sanders is a big deal. No, no Alshon Jeffrey. Um, but that's to be expected. I mean, I'm not expecting Alshon until about week four or five. And clearly, for all those people out there who don't think Alshon Jeffrey is a big deal to what the Eagles do on offense, you saw on Sunday that Alshon Jeffrey is a big deal to what we do on offense. Carson likes to have receivers that are possession receivers. And again, I get it. This is probably why they picked J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. They thought he could do this. They were wrong. He can't. But Carson likes to throw it to, you know, receivers that, you know, give him big targets. Uh, I would think, you know, here's the thing. Jalen Rager's only 5'10". Alshon Jeffrey's 6'2", 6'3". And he's got a huge catch radius, which helps. But Jalen Rager, he's only 5'10". Deshaun is 5'9", 5'10". You know, it's like... They're not the biggest of bodies. I would assume Dallas Goddard is going to have a big part in this game. Why not? You'd be fools not to. The guy went off in week one. Why would you think in your head he's not going to go off in week two? They're, they're going to go 12 heavy. I mean, if you looked at the snap counts, Goddard and Ertz played 75% of the plays. That's 12 personnel. That's what the Eagles are built for right now. I know in their heart they don't want to be 12 personnel. We all know that. Uh, a West Coast offense is not designed to have two tight ends. But you play to the strength of what your personnel is. And clearly, Dallas Goddard and Zach Ertz are two of your three top offensive receivers right now. Deshaun being the other one. Rager, you don't know. I mean, Rager looked like he made a great play there on the, the deep ball. But, you know, the second deep ball of that game, if you watch the film, it looks like Rager came out of his route slow. 
Now, I was critical of Wentz on missing that throw. I mean, it's a 50-yard or 60-yard pass. I mean, I'm not. it wasn't highly critical. But he missed that throw, and it's like, damn, that, that throw connects. I mean, that, this is a different game because the Eagles go up 24-7, and they probably win the football game there. But what happened was it looked like Rager came out slow and Wentz threw it to where he thought he was supposed to be at that point, and he just didn't get there. Rookie. I don't think it's going to even be too crazy to think that if the Eagles simply block, right? If they block, they should have a very good chance at winning, right? I I would tend to believe that, but I'd also tend to believe as long as Carson Wentz doesn't mentally implode again, they'll have a good chance to win. When you watch it, it, it's just crazy to believe how good he was in the first half of that football game and then how unbelievably bad he was for, you know, the end of the second quarter on. It's just, it's it's mind-boggling that he just completely imploded and lost it. Like I said, I mean, the, 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 this thing too is, is Jalen Hurts going to be active? And I'm not asking if Jalen Hurts is going to be active in this game because I think Jalen Hurts should play in this game. I'm not saying that. Clearly, no. But I do want to know, is he going to be active? And the reason I say that is because, like, I was told there was going to be plays in the game that were designed to help Jalen Hurts get on the field and help the Eagles win. He gives them a different aspect on the offense. He he gives this this idea of, you know, what's coming, a little confusion, right? We can go for some confusion because that offense that Doug Peterson presented on Sunday was just the same-ass boring vanilla offense that we've seen for the last three years. The NFL is simple. It's adapt or die. Look at Andy Reid. You think the Eagles offense or the, the, the Chiefs are running what the Eagles offense was 15 years ago? Are you kidding me? It's a, he, I, I, there might not be a play in his playbook that was the same as there was 10 years ago. The Eagles have adapted. Or the Chiefs have adapted. The Eagles have not adapted. I, I, I have not seen really anything from Doug Peterson in the last four years. Like, you saw the Super Bowl. You saw these trick plays. Like, and by the way, like, you think about that Philly special. It wasn't even his call. It was, it was Foles' call. But, I mean, there, there was creativity. There hasn't been creativity. You know what it reminded me of a lot? It's starting to remind me of Chip Kelly. I remember the first year, like, it was really the first three games, where we came out in some weird formations. And, again, I'm not saying it's always going to work, but there was some type of, like, ingenuity in the offense. It was like you didn't know what to expect. The defense was kind of on their heels. They didn't know what was coming, where it was coming from. Now it's just Carson drops back, sits in the pocket, and they run their routes. They run a lot of mirror routes. The most boring, in like, uncreative offense you could ever run, especially when receivers are running mirror routes. That's just, like, all time to me. We need ingenuity in this game. We need to see some stuff that we've never seen before. The Eagles need to try some new. Doug Peterson needs to try some new. Like I said, his job is seriously on the line here. If this goes sour this season, right, how do you as the owner tell the head coach that, you know, your job is safe and we're going to bring you back? We won the Super Bowl two or three seasons ago. These last two years, they've won nine games. Making the playoffs. I know everybody sits there and goes, yes, but we made the playoffs. Sneaking in is overrated. 
it's cool. Don't get me wrong. You need to be. You need to have a ticket to the dance to win the tournament. You cannot win the tournament sitting home. But here's the problem: when you keep sneaking in, you know what that tells me? You're just not that good. Yes, I get it. There are six seeds, and now there's going to be seven that have won the Super Bowl in the past. The Giants got in; they got hot. But generally, you know who wins Super Bowls? The best teams. Not the teams that go 9-7. and seven. 95% of the time, if you go 9-7, and seven, you don't win the Super Bowl. There's exceptions. That's The goal shouldn't be, let's be the exception to the rule this year. Let's be the 9-1 team that wins the Super Bowl. Like, No, that's not how this works. And I say this because I do believe the Eagles could be a very good team. Like I said, they looked very good in that first half. Darius Slay is a massive upgrade. Two catches for Terry McLaurin when Darius Slay guarded him. That was incredible. He was lights out, shut down. And, and in this game, I, I'd envision that you're going to see Terry, uh, Darius Slay on whoever the outside receiver is, whether it's Woods or Cup. And when Woods or Cup go inside to the slot, Roby Coleman is going to guard the other guy. That's just how I. I that's what I would guess the uh, the Eagles do against the the Rams. I don't envision it where Darius Slay is just following Cooper Cup. I think it would just be if, if Woods is outside, Slay is outside. If Cup's outside, then Slay is outside. And Roby Coleman will grab the other guy. That's what I would do. And I know Roby Coleman this week has said he is not afraid. He is sharing as much as he can with the Eagles. What do you think? Sean McVay's an idiot? He knows he's doing that. That's the danger, by the way. Like People think, oh, good, thank God we got somebody on the Rams. Like, Every team has somebody from somebody else. Good coaches, you know what they do? They they can use that to their advantage. Maybe they come out in a set where Roby Coleman told them, oh my God, if they're in this set, this is what they're going to do. And and the Rams know it. So you know what they go? We're going to come out in this set. And here's what we're going to do. We're going to do something completely else. Or some, something completely different. Generally, your best friend is now film. And here's the thing. They have film on the Rams from this first game. They're not going to, you know reinvent the wheel from week one to week two. So you watch the, like they put a lot out on film in that Cowboys game. They showed you what they want to be. They want to be a power running team. They want to use play action to their advantage. Jared Goff is an average player. That's it. No offense to Jared Goff. He's just an average quarterback. Make him beat you. If you make Jared Goff beat you, you're in a good spot. His quarterback rating against the Cowboys, like the QBR, was just 44. He was mid midway. By the way, Carson Wentz's was 14. He was the lowest-rated quarterback in Week 1. The lowest in the NFL. Not Dwayne Haskins. Not, not Joe Burrow, who's starting his first game with no preseason. Barely a training camp. No, it was, it was Carson Wentz. Think about that. That can't happen anymore. This is a very important game. It is. Like I said, I'm not somebody who sits at the schedule and stares at it. And I know, listen, every year the schedule is going to be hard. You're going to be playing a lot of good football teams. There's going to be teams you didn't think would be good that are good. There's going to be teams you thought would be good that are going to stink. Injuries happen. But, I mean, like, it. this is pretty – these next couple games, it's like you got the, the Rams, right? Then you get the Bengals, and that's Joe Burrow. And I think Joe Burrow is going to be really good. So I'm hoping by catching them in week three that, you know, we're still in the make burrow make mistakes era here because it ain't going to last too long. 
You know, then then it's like what you got the the Niners, the Steelers, the Raven or the Ravens, the Steelers, the Niners. It's like, whoo! You, know, you already punted a game away that you should have won. This is a very winnable football game. I mean, the, the Rams scored twenty points. Dallas should have won that game. They had multiple chances to win that game. As long as Carson Wentz does not turn the ball over. The Eagles should be able to beat the Rams. But if Carson Wentz comes out and he throws up another stinker, and I know people don't think that's going to happen, I go, I've seen this guy enough where usually when this stuff happens, it, it, it tends to be there for a couple weeks where you're like, geez, this guy's brutal, brutal. Like, think about it. It started last year in that Chicago game, and then it was there for the, the Patriots game and the Seahawks game. He was brutal. The Titans game in 2018. It rolled over to the Panthers game. It just brutal stuff happened. Let's just hope the coach got the wake-up call. Listens to the coordinators. That's why I've never been a fan of a head coach who calls plays. I just never liked it. I know some could do it and some are successful. And I know Andy and Eric Bieniemy, But there are times where I'd rather see Doug Peterson just pass that off. I just don't think he's been a good play caller the last two years. I have not seen it where I've thought Doug Peterson play calling. I mean, he's had a game here and there, sure, where he's been great. But, again, he's great with his vanilla, the, the vanilla crap he's been doing. I just think he's fallen into habits. Sometimes, like, you know what I mean? It's just good to let somebody else take it over. Coach the team. Your job is to coach the football team. Very winnable game. It's at 1 o'clock, which is a very big advantage to the Eagles. It's going to be in the mid-60s, not that hot. It's a big advantage, though, for a West Coast team that's coming east. It's it's three-hour difference for them. It's like a 10 a.m. game. 10 a.m. game for the Rams. Generally, teams that come west that play at 1 o'clock, they struggle a little bit. It's not that easy. Take advantage of it. We did this last year. You had this perfect advantage against Seattle. And really, like, the, the... I know the playoff game they scored seven, but it's like they didn't score anything really in the first regular season game anyway. You had your chances, and the Eagles gave it away. The offense needs to score more than 17 points if they're going to win. That's a spoiler. Just figure this out. Miles Sanders back, like I said. This is a big deal. It helps a lot. He'll help a lot with the run game and the pass game. Lane Johnson helps, obviously, with both. The defense, Derek Barnett being back. Yes, that, that again, not the biggest Derek Barnett guy, but, I mean, Josh Sweat had a great first game. I think he was the highest-rated defensive end by Pro Football Focus, which was great. But having Barnett, we need more ends. Javon Hargrave was working this week. I don't know if he's going to play, but he's closer. You know, we need Fletcher Cox. How about that? Like, th this is a big game for Fletcher Cox. Like, you're going up against the, you know, the guy that I I've long said you were better than, Aaron Donald. I said I'd take Fletcher Cox over Aaron Donald and, and, you know, prove me right. How about that? Prove me right, Fletcher. We need a Fletcher Cox game. We need Fletcher Cox to impose his will in this football game. That's what the Eagles need. They need a Fletcher Cox Rex the, the Rams type game. We're worried about Aaron Donald. Well, let's hope they worry about our guy. 
Help the linebackers. Help the secondary. Put pressure on the quarterback. It works. And hopefully next week when I come on, we're talking about some good things because really, 0-2? Well, good luck. I want to thank everybody for listening. Stay safe, stay healthy, stay educated. Go Eagles, go. 